Are the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson headed for a split? We talk about that, the situation surrounding Lamar, what could come next for both sides, and plenty of more coming up next here on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostraker of Ravens Wire. We are here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us and making us your first listen today here on Locked On Ravens. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And here back with us, a Purple Friday edition. It is Kadri Ismael, former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver and a Super Bowl champion, of course. And Q, we're, we're creeping up on free agency just a couple of weeks away here, and we are just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for anything to happen here with Lamar Jackson. All I know <clears throat> is the next step is somehow franchise tagging, exclusive, non-exclusive, what are we going to do? The world is still revolving. Oh, God, the sky is falling. Yeah, all that. All of it. Yeah, it, it seems like, again, if something changes, maybe it will. But it feels like the franchise tag is what's going to end up happening here. Now, if he is franchise tagged, obviously exclusive versus non-exclusive, that doesn't mean that he's going to be playing on the franchise tag. There could be, That just could give them more time to hammer out an extension. Maybe it gives them more time to find a trade partner. Again, this it just feels like there's been so much uncertainty for so long. We got a report and, you know, on ESPN that we're talking about with Jeff Darlington and Robert Griffin III. Jeff Darlington reported that Lamar didn't return phone calls to Eric DaCosta to start negotiations last season. And then also talked about why it was, would be this, this contract, such a pivotal moment for all NFL contracts moving forward. So we'll talk about that a little bit, but Q, it seems like with each passing day, people are starting to get more and more antsy just about what's going to happen with Lamar here with, with each day that passes, because it feels like Lamar is dug in on his guaranteed money stance. That's been the reported sticking point. It feels like the Ravens are dug in on, Hey, we're not going to give you this guaranteed money sticking point. And depending on how far off they are on that, it could make or break this whole thing. So with everything we've gotten cue, whether it's new stuff, whether it's old stuff, are you starting to get a little worried that the Ravens and Lamar might be headed for a split? The yes. Part of it all is because it's just not typical of a negotiation, you're usually hearing leaks coming out of the Lamar camp um, or XYZ player camp. You're not hearing anything. And so that gives way to filling in the void with all the speculation. And I think that's where it's the Jets, it's the Carolina Panthers, it's the Atlanta Falcons, it's all these different teams that are, are vying for Lamar's services. Uh, Heck, even going to Seattle um, if they don't get a Geno Smith deal done. And so sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire, and he could very well be in that position where he's feeling some type of way when it comes to his contract. I think we also know that Eric DaCosta did a deal with Roquan Smith without an agent too. So, you know, that got done. It was what we would assume is good cap friendly type of a deal. The uh, 
team was happy. Clearly, Roquan was happy and, and Kumbaya. And I just don't, I don't fully get it. I think at the same time, it's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing that I don't get it. Meaning that I've heard these before for so, so many years. I mean, heck, even going way back to, you know, date myself, but uh, Emmett Smith, I mean, they had to go 0-2. And Michael Irvin or one of the office alignment, I forget, punched a hole in the wall of of disgust before Emmett Smith was, you know, signing his fat deal at that time back in the day um, to to make it happen. Or, you know, some rookie deal from a quarterback and, you know, the quarterback holding out. And because that guy holds out, I'm going to hold out and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you know, the top guy goes and then everybody gets slotted. All those, I mean, it's just such madness that this one here is really highly unique in my mind because it reminds me a little bit of the old of holding out, but it also is uncharted territory because we don't have the information that we've been accustomed to having in previous contract talks. Right. It's, it's it's a whole different ball game with an agent first without an agent. And we've seen that over the course of this whole thing. And we also got more reports, Q, from, you know, Jeremy Fowler and James and Hensley for ESPN. Took everybody inside the, the Jackson and Ravens standoff. And apparently, reportedly, Lamar Jackson has sent counteroffers to the Ravens that all exceeded the full guarantees given to Deshaun Watson. Now, Mina Kimes kind of resurfaced a tweet from... Jameson Hensley, who quoted Steve Bishotti. And Steve Bishotti, March 29, 2022, so about 11 months from now, when asked about Deshaun Watson's $230 million guaranteed deal, said, quote, I don't know that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. To me, that's something that is groundbreaking, and it'll make negotiations harder with others. And now here we are, 11 months later, there is still no contract for Lamar Jackson because of the fully guaranteed situation. If this is true, Q, if Lamar is giving the Ravens counteroffers that all exceeded the full guarantees of Deshaun Watson. I mean, do you see any scenario where the Ravens back off of their stance to not give Lamar a fully guaranteed deal and just say, hey, you know what? You're a player that we really want. We value you. Here's your fully guaranteed contract. Or are they going to stay dug in this entire time? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Lamar is that this is precedent. And the precedent has been set. What is the precedent that has been set? The... Deshaun Watson. I have what is called a resume, a very good resume saying that I am on par with and surpassing that of Deshaun Watson. That's been going on since these negotiations back when I was a rookie, when the collective bargaining agreement and unrestricted to uh, restricted to all of it coming about. And those collective bargaining agreement renewals they keep talking about this. They even put in the rookie salary cap when it came to signing rookies and getting rookie deals. I remember going on uh, uh, ESPN radio and the late Gene Upshaw coming on right after me. And he was validating basically what I said. I was like, look, I get it that there's a, a rookie uh, salary cap and, 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 you know, trying to, you know, not, whole teams hostage. Um, who was it? Uh, the the quarterback who played for the St. Louis Rams at the time. Um, goodness. He, uh, I think he played uh, out of Oklahoma as well. But 
name some of them. I played for a, a few years, had a talented arm, the whole nine yards. He would, you know, kind of keep getting hurt, but he was negotiating hardball and they had to pay him. Now, because of, you know, salary cap and all that, you know, it, it really, you know, hampered what the Rams could do as far as a competitive team. When you look at now with the rookies, you never like ever really see a true holdout. It might be squabbling over some minor details here or there, but the, the art of holding out is, is done. So what am I trying to say? Steve Bishotti, I, I even said that when he, you know, said that last year and I'm glad because one of the things that I was kind of like, you know, like, mm, this is going to get real interesting is the precedent has been set. You now are bucking up against that precedent. And like, obviously, the NFL Players Association saying, wait a minute, that's collusion. If you're going to go ahead and say that, I believe he said it right around the owners meeting. So all of them are going to be like, no, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. Because it's not just about Lamar. It is about Jalen Hurts, who has a resume that is on par with Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow has a resume that is on par with Lamar Jackson. He has what we call playoff wins. Lamar Jackson has one. He has multiple. They went to a Super Bowl. They've been balling. At the same time, when you look at um, our dude down there in, in, in uh, Jacksonville, he too has leverage. He too is a face of the franchise guy. Justin Herbert, face of the franchise guy. It might not have quite the resume, but yeah, this is not about just Lamar Jackson, bro. I'm sorry. This is where I guess I get frustrated when people are trying to be um, about Lamar and no, this is, this is negotiation one-on-one. The fact that he doesn't have an agent, I think that's where everybody is thinking that, oh, well, he doesn't have an agent. So, you know, he's being foolish. No, he's doing what has been done. And this is just a part of it. Right. And you, you make a good point talking about the Joe Burrows and Jalen Hurts of the world. And I, I do want to talk about that coming up next in our second segment, because I think it does have an impact on what potentially happens here with Lamar and the Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. A ton of talk about here on Locked On Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious sheet but don't want all the fat and calories, then you have to try a Built Bar. And I know we just got through the holidays a couple months ago. And my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise the taste, then I've got just the thing for you in Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty and they're so delicious. You won't even think they're good for you because they are that tasty. What makes Built Bars so good is for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almonds. And they only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait around and get a box for years. I've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart 
or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bill Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors such as brownie batter and churro. Be sure to get your hands on a Bill Bar. You can thank me later. We are back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Kadri Ismail. And Q, I wanted to continue what you said at the end of that first segment because you talked about Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert and even Trevor Lawrence. Well, these guys now, Burrow and Hurts and Herbert, they're up. It's their time. They're up for extensions, and there have been reports that the Eagles and Hurts are ready to get something done the second they're able to. And, you know, Burrow potentially with Cincinnati, maybe he'll take a team-friendly deal, maybe not. I mean, he's going to earn a lot of money too. But if those deals happen before a Lamar deal happens, if this if this situation with Lamar is still going on when Jalen Hurts signs his deal or when Joe Burrow signs his deal, do you think that has a positive or a negative impact on what could happen between Baltimore and, the, and Lamar Jackson? Well, you know, I think with, um, who was it? Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson, and you had uh, Kyler Murray, $103 million, $133 million guarantee. Both guys didn't, well, Russell, to a certain degree, has a, 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 an incredible resume, so... I'm not even going to, you know, go there and, and insult him and act like he doesn't. But the point is, is his age and, and the fact that he, you know, didn't quite, quite have the leverage. But he, he again, um, you know, did a deal in which was not the level of Deshaun Watson. Kyler Murray, not even any equation as far as on anybody's level. We even saw it last year. He now is, you know, kind of like being labeled as a, a potential coach killer. You know, just with his whole attitude and all that. So, whatever. I know that Lamar Jackson, um, when you look at him and you look at a Jalen Hurts or you look at a Joe Burrow, uh, they all are on that same level and they all got that resume that says, hey, we want Deshaun Watson money. It's that simple. I think Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Herbert are two players that are franchise-type players uh, that will, you know, be in the mix and in the conversation. So if uh, Joe or Jalen gets something done, like Kevin, oh my goodness. I mean, that sets a different bar. So the positive, I guess for the owners, if Joe takes a team-friendly deal, whatever that means, or if Jalen uh, settles for a little bit less you know, or or more years, and um, it makes it you know cap friendly in that regards. Sure, I could see where Eric DeCosta and him be like, "Oh God, thank you, Lord," because of the fact of their resumes. Whereas if they don't, and now all of a sudden the the bar has gone higher, well, then that's where the Ravens are going to be up between a rock and a hard place. And it really hasn't been about Eric DeCosta. I mean, yeah, he's the face of it. But it's about literally the ownership and it's about whether or not he wants to put all that money in escrow and be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pay my franchise guy. I think that's that's where it, it, it comes down to. Yeah, you, know, you talk about that Kyler Murray deal. And I know, I know a lot of people were waiting in anticipation in terms of whether that was going to be a fully guaranteed deal or not, because that came after Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it wasn't. And I think the owners did breathe a sigh of relief and said, all right. You know, that's one, but I think there has to be a consistent string of that 
Because if there's one, if Jalen Hurts gets fully guaranteed, if Lamar gets fully guaranteed, if Burrow, Herbert, if any one of those guys gets a fully guaranteed deal, I think that officially, you talked about precedent with Deshaun Watson, that just further sets it and says, well, it's not just Deshaun Watson anymore, who I don't think should have gotten the deal anyway, is the shot he also did. He should have been the first guy. But you can make an argument that a Lamar should be or that a Jalen Hurts should be or a Joe Burrow should be. So when that happens... I think that'll, you know, kind of flip a switch in everybody else's mind, not just Lamar's, that says, hey, look, this happened. Now I want that plus even more on top of that. So it's a very tricky, sticky situation for the whole thing. But then you have Robert Griffin the third Q talking a bit about how from people he's had inside the building, the sources he has from there said that the Ravens have the ability to be a little patient with Lamar Jackson and even have in the article between Jameson Hensley and, and Jeffrey and Jeremy Fowler, excuse me, that one high-ranking NFL executive said just because the Browns were desperate doesn't mean the Ravens are. They are a stable franchise. They aren't about to jump on something just because Cleveland did it. So in terms of fully guaranteed, just handing it out because Lamar says so. They don't have to do that because they're a stable franchise, that report says. But how patient do you think the Ravens can be with this whole situation? Because if, if this bleeds into – I don't know, June, July, if there's a situation there, you've lost out on your ability to get draft capital back this year for Lamar to kind of reset that whole situation. I mean, it seems like a franchise tag is coming, but at what point, Q, do you say there has to be some sort of resolution, whether it's an extension or a trade? So I I think the X factor is the preparation of the season. Um, The fact that, you know, and I think, you know, I give credit to, uh, Robert Griffin, the third, who basically he was the one who, you know, brought this idea up. I, I thought about it, but then, you know, as he, you know, verbalized it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, the, the bottom line comes down to it. You still got to win games. You still got to, you know, this is a, what have you done for me lately? And, and, and what's my resume look like? What, what, what am I, you know, bringing to the table year in and year out? I mean, that's where like an Aaron Rodgers has so much, you know, cachet, um, you know, that's where like a, a, a Daniel Jones, we were talking about $45 million before. Now all of a sudden Daniel Jones, he makes it into the playoffs. Now all of a sudden he's talking about something. He wants $45 million per year. Um, yeah, no, I know if he gets $45 million, man, the, the bar had the, there is a floor and it is so low there, like I'm saying, like low as in, we we ain't even thinking about we thinking fifty, and that is as low as it's gonna go because homeboy can't sniff what I have done, uh, resume wise. So, with that said, from a standpoint of being patient, sure you can be patient, but Todd Munkin has to install his offense to who, uh, your receivers, who who you're gonna get free agent wise, if they don't know if Lamar's going to be there or not, when it comes to winning, you got to have somebody be there as a signal caller. And we already heard how the guys really respect Lamar and all the things about Lamar, which is awesome. I appreciate them saying all those things, but at the same time, it's also, what have you done for me lately? What is it that we're seeing from uh, this organization slash Lamar to make this thing a reality because tick, 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 tick. Hey, man, you, you want to be in rhythm and in lockstep come the regular season and and learn all the little nuances of, of the offense. You know, 
you know, I write might be something totally different. I write 95 could have been a run play. Now that's some, you know, past play, past concept. And you don't even really know it because, you know, Lamar Jackson held out or Lamar Jackson is no longer with the team because they're talking about a trade and it's kind of late in the game. And now you really scrambling for a quarterback that's going to win you games. It, it it's it's tricky. It, it is. And I think this whole thing, Q, where timing is so important in this whole thing, because you talked about it, where if if this whole situation, if Lamar gets the franchise tag and it's let's just say it's the exclusive tag for now. So forty five million dollars, that cap charge is with you until there is a resolution. And, you know, Lamar signing versus there's you know, obviously he has to sign the franchise tag. But you have that whole situation where you're right. Who is the quarterback going to be? Is it Lamar? Is it going to be a rookie? Is it going to be a bridge guy? So how do you approach free agency? I think it's different how you approach free agency and the draft, whether Lamar is your quarterback, whether it is a bridge guy or a rookie. And look, my whole thing here is I do not blame Lamar Jackson for trying to get his money. I, I will never blame him for doing that. He deserves it. 100% he deserves a big contract. And the whole situation now is there There will be teams. I know there's been a lot of conversation about, well, no team's going to give Lamar a fully guaranteed deal. I think a team will give Lamar a fully guaranteed deal because of how good and how polarizing of a player that he is. But at the same time, we do understand, Q, that in the NFL, a fully guaranteed contract is going to impact how you're able to build your team, who you're able to bring back, who you're able to sign to extensions. In the Ravens, I, I say it all the time, we, we talk about those Joe Flacco extensions. This is in a different stratosphere than those Joe Flacco extensions with how big this contract is going to be. You can manipulate the cap. The cap, you you can do that with it, but you can't bring everybody back, just like we saw with Matthew Judon and Zadarius Smith and all those guys. So it's just, it's such a tricky situation and almost like a who's going to budge first and no one's going to budge at all and there's going to be a split. So I'm going to put you in a hot seat, Q. Would you give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal if you were the Ravens? I mean, I'm a former player. So the player side of me, Man, get your money, bro. Get it. And that fully guarantee, you know, that helps out other guys uh, later on down the line. Um, you might not get a fully guarantee if you're a, a tackle or a corner or a wide receiver, but shoot, you 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 can get some, some guaranteed money uh, that looks really good. And if you get an injury, at least you're walking away with an opportunity to set yourself up for, you know, your, your second half of your life and start working. Um, at the same time, from an ownership standpoint, uh, I do recognize that this isn't the Dallas Cowboys. This isn't the Denver Broncos. This is new England Patriots. Um, you know, these, these, although Steve doesn't necessarily depend upon the franchise to, to make his living, uh, they they have limited resources when it comes to the art of the cash. Um, when it looks, you know, uh, uh, like, oh, well, the Ravens, well, the Ravens, they know their business deal. They know what they can spend. They know what what is what. And that's it. You know, I think um, from that aspect of things, if I had my general manager's cap on, I'd be like, man, let me, let me, let me get as close as I can or let me surpass it in years like draw it out more so it's, it's a little bit more cap friendly yeah and, and here's what i'll say i think the ravens have to ask themselves you know if we're talking about it from their perspective 
what is their timeline and how confident are they in the rest of the roster? And what does it look like without Lamar for them? Because they have a look, they have a very talented defense. They have a great running game. They they shored up their offensive line. You got to look at the wide receiver position, obviously. That's scenario you got to improve in. But if they feel like, oh yeah, we can we can trade Lamar for eighth overall pick and take a CJ Stroud, or you can move it for the second and take a Bryce Dunn or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, regardless of what pick you get. And they want to reset that rookie contract. And it's funny because it's almost what Bucky Brooks was talking about a couple of years ago. And everyone kind of said, oh, my God. And it was ridiculous at the time because everybody thought, oh, well, the Ravens are going to sign Lamar. It's, you know, this is a guy that's going to be their franchise quarterback for years and years. And now here we are today on February 24th, Q. And with each day that passes, it just kind of seems like there's less and less of a chance that it's going to end in the Ravens and Lamar having a deal. But anything can happen here. And from Lamar's perspective, it's situation. The Ravens took a chance on Lamar in 2018. They took everything that they knew and they built their offense. They built their team around Lamar Jackson, especially heading into that 2019 season. Personnel, coaching, they did all this to to build this system. I think every team should around their franchise quarterback. They built it around Lamar. So does he go to a different situation? And does he have that system built for him again? I think teams would do it, sure. But I think it has to be a perfect situation. There have been plenty of conversation points about would Lamar have been Lamar if he didn't go to Baltimore. There has to be a system fit there too. So both sides have to deal with some of these questions. I think if you're the Ravens, it's a difficult ask. But if you are confident enough in your roster without Lamar, then they have the ability to say, hey, you know what, we're going to wait this out. But if they say we don't want to go back to that quarterback mediocrity for years and years and years – I say give them the fully guaranteed deal. But again, it it depends on what the answer to that question is for the Ravens. So coming up in our final segment, we'll be diving into Todd Munkin, impressions from his press conference, talk about some coaching changes as well. So be sure to stay tuned. Still lots to dive into on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And you've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun that I had competing against my fellow Locked On NFL hosts. Now, Chris Carter, a Locked On Steelers, was a Locked On NFL champion. I wanted to win but it just didn't happen. But now it's your turn to compete. But more on that later. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your football franchise, dream come true. And this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons and lead your team in glory. You're trying to build a dynasty with lots of football jam. You're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. And they have a ton of interactive things you can do that really gives you the hands-on experience to creating your dynasty and all this in a challenging and realistic game world doesn't football GM is completely free and playable offline. So you can play on the go as you want. And when you want to, and we've created locked on leagues for you to compete against locked on fans all over the world. Can you be the ultimate locked on football GM? Choose a locked on league in the app to join. Can you create a football dynasty locked on Ravens? This is going to 100% free boost to their franchise using promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. Make sure to check it out today. Down the games is at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. We are back here rounding out Locked On Ravens, a Friday edition. Kaji Smile is still here with me, Kevin Ostriker and Q. We got our first look, our first taste of Todd Munkin, an introductory press conference on Tuesday. I, I personally was really impressed. I-, I liked what he had to say. Very insightful guy. What did you take away from what he had to say? Yeah, I-, I-, I like you know the fact that he has that raspy coach's voice. <laughs> always coaching, always you know barking out instructions. I think. Um, you know, the fact that he's been around, he's been successful uh, right off the bat. What I totally loved was the fact that he talked about, you know, getting guys who are his playmakers, getting them the ball. Like that's what, you know, 
the offense should be being able to defend everyone and not necessarily sure you got your go-to guys and, and, you know, some big moments, but when you have a multitude of guys, sometimes you're looking at it and it's not just, uh, your, 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 your big moments are not so heavily dependent upon one or two players making a play to win the game. Um, but when you spread teams out, it just forces, you know, a lot of pressure on defenses. Um, I just, I just think that, you know, he seems to be the perfect fit for what the Ravens are trying to do, which is improve their passing attack. Um, again, utilizing the talent that he has and, you know, kind of recognizing some of the good of what was a dominant era of running the football on a historic level. So in my mind, I think it was a fit that uh, Tom Crean should get his, you know, 2% for recommending the conversation to happen. And obviously, you know, the, the, the Munkin era has begun and let's see how it all unfolds. Yeah, I think some of the some of the things that I took away, he wanted to be in Baltimore. You know, he made that clear, said it was hard to leave Georgia, a job like that, but mm-hmm. wanted to be competitive at the highest level, at the NFL level. Also, the adaptability, getting the best out of his players, and also talked a bit about Odell Beckham Jr., which yeah. then every, everybody was sent to a frenzy there. Do you think that could be it? Do you think that Todd Munkin could maybe bring Odell to Baltimore? Is that, is that something you have your eye on? You know what, what was so interesting – when people would bring up Odell in the past, I was like, nah, he's just not a good fit for here. And the reason why I was saying it was because of the fact that, you know, the the Greg Roman system, it just didn't seem like it was grooving for a dominant receiver when the other receivers weren't really eating at the table. And it was like, just okay. Whereas with, with Munkin, like, He's like, look, I, I don't mind a guy wanting the ball and talking about it and all that. And I get it that, you know, he's a, a superstar in so many words. He was saying how dynamic and, you know, uh, uh, he's a brand unto himself with his helmet off. And not many guys can say that. But that didn't intimidate Munkin. And I think that, you know, offense-wise, I, I if, if I'm an outside guy looking in, I'm like, yo, I, I wouldn't mind going there. I, I could see myself playing because you feel like you're going to get the ball. Like you feel like, all right, in tight spots, my number is going to be called and this is going to be fun. So I think it was pretty cool how he brought up Odell Beckham Jr. And I think it was cool how he brought him up in a way that was respectful to Obe- uh, Odell's um, skill sets. Yeah, and the thing with some of what Munkin can do from an adaptability perspective is he is, again, someone who can get the best out of his players. And that means he he literally said, putting a fullback out there on a linebacker out wide. uh, And and everybody said, "Mm, where have we seen that before? So (laughs) it it was like you you can get the best out of these receivers. And some of the questions all week has has been with Todd Munkin now in the fold, with the, the Roman era out and the Munkin era in, you know, star wide receivers, they may be now looking at Baltimore, especially with Lamar and saying, hey, because I don't think it was ever about Lamar. 
I think it was more about the offensive system that they were running and the fact that we all know it, Q, you've said it many times, how the pass offense ran through those tight ends and then receivers were getting four targets a game. And, you know, somehow Marquise Brown had an 1,000-yard season in 2021, had the eighth most targets and still requested out after that season. So I think it, it just gives a whole precedent to now with Todd Munkin and his success with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham at the NFL level, plus now winning back-to-back national championships at Georgia, I think it gives them a pitch to some of these guys. It says, hey, come play with us, especially if Lamar is back. But Munkin also said that the offensive coaching staff was a work in progress. I think we saw some of that on Wednesday with the many official changes that the Ravens made. They moved T. Martin from wide receiver coach to quarterback coach. They hired Willie Taggart as their new running backs coach. So James Urban and Craig Versteeg are kind of on the outside looking in right now. Either one of those guys could be maybe reassigned or just leave for different opportunities. Danton Lynn, the Ravens secondary coach, is reportedly now the new defensive coordinator over at UCLA. And now Steve Saunders is out after seven years with the team. And I know a lot of people and myself included thinks that move should have probably happened maybe a year or two earlier after the whole COVID situation. But with all those changes in mind, Q, do you think it was a net positive for the Ravens in terms of the moves they made? Yeah, I I do. I mean, I I think every year there's always staff upheaval. Rosters change, you know, coaching staffs need to change too, unless you, well, I guess if you win a Super Bowl, that means you're, the head coach looking at it as, oh man, my coordinators are now on the uh, on the hook, and they're going to be pilfered, if you will, um, a la the Bill Walsh coaching tree. There's so many guys uh, because of Bill Walsh's success and those Super Bowls. So many guys got opportunities to go on to be head coaches elsewhere, and the tree lives. With all that said, yeah, I think. Um, the Steve Saunders one really just out of all of them really sticks out to me as one where I know my philosophy as a sports performance coach is, 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 is a a different one. And in the way in which, you know, I talk about movement and the traditional way versus the spiral energy movement, um, well-documented, but with all that said, you know, I got guys who would, have conversations with me saying how stiff and unable to move as fluidly as they used to uh, under his system. And so the fact that he's no longer there, uh, although they, I guess they, you know, hired from within. So in my mind, you know, if they hire from within, then basically it's about personality and what are the tweaks that are going to be made um to to not repeat the same old same old of Steve Saunders. That that's kind of like one of the things that I looked at. I was like, well, all right, you know, he's not there, but uh, what are some of the things that we got to look at from a tweaks aspect of things that you know will make this thing different? Yeah, and obviously the Ravens made a ton of tweaks throughout the course of the. 2022 offseason to their training schedule and stuff they were doing and making sure guys were fresh and I mean compared look compared to 2021 I think anything was an improvement because that year was just so brutal but we did see less I mean a couple of early injuries you know Kyle Fuller and, and Michael Pierce and some of the you know but then you saw the Rashad Batemans and the Lamar Jacksons and the Devin DuVernay's and some of those key guys go down 
So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited for kind of a new a new era of training for the Ravens. Hopefully just those tweaks that you mentioned in there. And for the other coaches too, I think T. Martin goes from wide receivers to quarterbacks coach. Hasn't been a quarterback coach in a while, but was a quarterback himself. So he knows a thing or two about the position. So we'll see what else the Ravens do in terms of coaching staff. It's not completely finished yet as they still got to bring some guys in and maybe a few more guys leave. Who knows? But Q, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping on here with me today and again i don't know what we're gonna see with this lamar jackson situation it seems like every day is a new day and anything can happen but i don't know i'll, I'll say it every week maybe next week we get something more, more concrete here well we hope so um we know that this is the the off season and there's a time for play and there's a time for pay pay is in the off season so the negotiations have started yeah, we will see for agency again on the horizon here. But Q, I appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. And be sure here to subscribe on YouTube, like the video, follow along in audio form as well. If you want daily Ravens content, news analysis updates, five days per week. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm going to get back here on Monday. It's our second mock draft Monday of the 2023 offseason. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here on Monday.